This Hello. is the Rich Eisen Show. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. If you missed hour number one, we started with what you might imagine, that remarkable comeback win for the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams who were playing people in cr- crucial spots that weren't even on the team for the Super Bowl run, let alone on the team Sunday. Uh, and and um, and of course the Las Vegas Raiders doing it again. The it being blowing a monster lead and then just stepping on themselves and losing another one. If you missed it, don't worry. We're going to re-air on the Roku channel uh, after the next two hours are done. There's also our YouTube stream, YouTube.com/slash Rich Eisen Show. There's the Rich Eisen Show um collection which is the video on demand service that uh the great folks at roku have set up for anybody who wants to take our show in at any point in time and uh, we love our partnership with uh, the roku channel it's free on all roku devices select samsung smart tvs amazon fire tv it's uh easy to get the app on any mobile device because the roku channel is free there and then the roku channel.com that is free of charge there as well 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Um, uh, Mike Florio is going to join us in about 20 minutes' time to discuss last night's game, everything else of intrigue entering the weekend. Um, The uh, House Oversight Committee, I mean, everything's politicized these days. They they came out with their report. uh, I guess the Republican side of the committee came out with their report on uh, Daniel Snyder and the NFL and... And um, Bruce Allen, and in this report on the House Oversight Committee investigation of Dan Snyder, um, did did Washington leak John Gruden's emails? Because it sure <laughs> looks like it. And so there's lots of heads or tails to be made out of all that. And so why not get Mike Florio on the program? And we shall in 18 minutes' time. Um, phone calls, we'll take them. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. What's more likely on this program? TJ Jefferson, at the end of this hour, we will give you the floor to give us some fantasy advice. You gave some good ones last week for sure. Uh, Bam Knight Trying of to. the Jets, that was a good one. That that, yeah. uh, that that helped some people, I'm sure, if they were looking it, for running backs. It's wild. We got a lot of buys, and if you're going into your fantasy playoffs, this is coming at the worst time. Well, the so. fantasy playoffs are usually next nah. week or the it, week after well, for would some people. traditionally be week 14 yeah. until they moved it to a right. ATS. So. Yeah. But it depends yeah. on, you know, if you're... But this is still tough. Are they now because you're, you're in your stupid 14-team league? <laughs> no, no, no. We, we added an extra week, but right. the week 14 buy is really, you know, kind of wreaking havoc I know. People's yeah. teams. Uh, there's a lot of teams out. Um, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. During the game last night, um, I watched the uh, Al Michaels version. I, you know, Al is one of one. He's a unicorn. And, um, you know, Al was complaining about <laughs> everything. <laughs> the game presentation, the who's house, Rams house stuff. And he's like, I know they want to say, I know they want us to say, people to say Rams house, but there are more Raiders fans here than Rams fans. He called it a, a, a Raiders Airbnb. Airbnb. Oh, that is an amazing oh, line right there. That's Albino. Right. So, um, but there was yet another simulcast version of Thursday Night Football um, involving. LeBron James and Maverick Carter's TV show, The Shop, that's normally on HBO, but they've made a, a deal that they're going to watch the game from their shop, from their set. And we heard this yesterday. Tom Pelissero gave us a heads up that Odell was going to be on the shop. And so Odell was on it. And I guess a Maverick Carter towards the end of the, the game got around to asking Odell, hey, 
have you made your decision? And he asked that he said it would be nice if you did it on the shop, but tell us what's going on with you and your decision. Because as we know, having had both CeeDee Lamb of the Cowboys and Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Bills, on this program and asked them how the visit went, and you heard Jerry Jones confirm that what Sean McDonough, uh, Sean McDermott also confirmed, Odell's not working out for the teams, not getting out on the field. So you're going to have to sign him sight unseen. And then Micah Parsons of the Cowboys said he was told by Odell that he won't be able to get on the field for another five weeks, which means the playoffs. And as Tom Pelissero pointed out, you know, that sets up something we didn't see coming. A, Odell either not being ready to play in the regular season. We all thought it would be like last year with the Rams. He would get there in the middle of the regular season, this time because of injury, not till the end of the regular season. Get up to speed, get in there, break a sweat, get on the same page with his teammates when the action was definitely live, but not one and done, go home. Loser goes home live. We all thought that would happen. And not only is that not happening, but Odell just added an interesting little twist to this whole thing. He he made it sound he's not going to play in the regular season, not because his knee doesn't hurt. It's because he's doesn't want to. Is what he had to say. I haven't made the decision, and for me, it's like I would like I would like to to be in a stable environment. Get up six a.m., leave at six p.m. for four weeks, and then let's talk about it. I've I've played football for a long time. Like I, I'm not saying that I couldn't step in and play regular season, but I don't see the point. I really don't. Like I would rather play when that pressure's on. I would rather play when the lights is on. Like I went through the whole playoffs, and I was after having my first bad playoff experience. Like I, all I was ready for was to clear that off my name. Hmm. The bad bad playoff experience he's referring to, I would imagine, is the Giants. And that he cleared off his name was last year with the Rams. Yeah, right. Correct. And as if there already isn't enough question about his knee's readiness to stand the test of an NFL game when the chips are down because he's not working out for teams. Now, folks are going to be wondering that even more. Because why wouldn't he play in the regular season? What's, I, I, It kind of doesn't make sense to me. And as you know, I'm always offering unsolicited two cents to Odell, including the idea that he should every year jump in <laughs> to an NFL season midseason by offering his services to the highest bidder in a free agent style sweepstakes once the trade deadline is over and he can pick and choose where his best chance to win a ring is. Took your advice to heart, it seems Well, like. I, I don't know if that's what it is, though, because I'm wondering about his knee's readiness when I hear comments like him saying that he he wants to he wants to go to a spot and come in at six a.m. and six p and leave at six p.m. In other words, Rehab. be first in the building and and leave twelve hours later after he's in the playbook and he's in the the jet stream of a team off the field, and then we can talk. Meaning test his readiness then what does that mean we can then we can talk that could just be another phrase of like okay then we can actually talk business about getting me out on the field for me to do my thing 
I think that's a phrase that that's how he's using that phrase as well. Then we can talk. I'm sure there's some folks will be like, well, what do you mean? So you're going to sign with the team and then you'll have to negotiate your way on the field. I think what I'm seeing here, because it makes no sense to say the lights aren't on until the playoffs. For instance, the Giants could really use him to get to the playoffs. I mean, every game the Giants play from here on out, Philadelphia this week, a game against the Commanders that NBC flexed into, that's under the lights. The whole country's going to watch that one. You know, playoff spots on the line. The Giants then play Philadelphia again at the end of the season. I mean, they need them. They're at Minnesota. These are going to be games that are basically of major playoff importance. So the regular season games aren't insignificant at all to the Giants. They need them to make it. How does the game for the Dallas Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Day feel to you in terms of level of importance and lights being on and the whole country paying attention to the result? That sounds pretty big to me. And then Buffalo is interested in his services, right? The difference between, between being the one seed and having Kansas City and everybody come to them and Kansas City or maybe even Cincinnati being the one seed and they've got to go there in the playoffs, I'd say that affects a Super Bowl chance and run significantly, wouldn't you? And you want to talk about a game under the lights. How does Monday night, the final Monday night football game of the regular season, week 17, January 2nd, Happy New Year, everybody. Cincinnati hosting Buffalo. How does that sound to you? As Jamar Chase is running all over the place and we're talking about his incredible ability and, and Odell knows all about making catches on Monday night. So to me, what this sounds like, some people will take it like he doesn't want to play because he's not ready. His knee won't stand the test. And he wants his money now and he wants his money next year. So he's hiding the fact that he's not ready. People might be saying that. Or, as you know, he put out that chess piece on, on his Twitter yeah. feed. Maybe this is his way of saying, hey, Jerry, you know, you want me now? I don't think I need, I'm needed now. You know, I'll come into your building now and then I'll play for you once the playoffs hit. But if you want me now, how about you up that money? How about you stop talking about my knee? Maybe this is the game of chess he's playing. You think he's just looking for a long-term spot? Maybe he wants more money now and more money later. And if you want his services in the regular season, which is neither here nor there to him, maybe you need to come more correct, everybody. Maybe that's the chess piece that he's talking about. Because it it doesn't really make much sense to me that the regular season doesn't mean anything. It means a hell of a lot to these teams. Buffalo really needs to win that game in Cincinnati, by the way. The Cowboys, if they want a shot at the division in the one seat, they need some help from the other teams playing Philadelphia, and then they have to take care of their own business on Christmas weekend. Then the Giants could really use him. (laughs) The difference between making the playoffs or not for the New York football Giants could be Odell coming back or not, unless he's not ready. So many questions. I didn't think that answered anything last night. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's go to Tom in Ohio. has been waiting a while. What's up, Tom? 
Hey, Rich, how you doing? What's going on? Not too much. I just wanted to uh, make a real quick comment. Uh, I'm a lifelong Browns fan, and I'm really happy for, for Baker, for that guy, because I, I think he kind of got a, a bad rap in Cleveland. But um, my main comment is when he got uh, out of the game last night and he went up on the set, Richard Sherman was just losing his mind over the defense that the, the Raiders were in. And Baker said the greatest comment I think I've ever heard anybody say. He said, yeah, yeah, uh, um, I was, you know, I was licking my chops. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick, chimed in, chi- Ryan Fitzpatrick chimed in with an even better line saying the defensive coordinator went to Yale. And very, as you know, that's, very, very funny. That's, the, uh, <laughs> that's the diehard rival of Harvard. By the way, I don't know if you know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. You guys know that? He did? Okay, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, It's just uh, – it was an avalanche of things. And thanks for the call. Greatly appreciate it. An avalanche of, of things that the Raiders did to themselves. Did to themselves. I will say this. And then we'll hear from Josh McDaniels before we throw it a break. I will say this. Um, Max Crosby was held damn near every snap of the football from the mid of fourth quarter on. In those last two drives that Baker Mayfield led the Rams on. I mean, that guy was unblockable and unguardable, and he was being corralled. I think it was Havenstein was just throwing him down. Yeah. Just up around the neck, and then he would let go. But that's a hold. <laughs> he was being held every time. Yeah. But you have to, Rod Woodson told me all the time, and I say the phrase here all the time, you have to play better than the ref's ref. That's what he said Chuck Knoll would tell the Steelers almost every damn time before they took the field. The refs are going to blow calls tonight, gents. Play well enough where these calls don't matter. They do not affect our ability to win because you're so damn far ahead. I mean, that's one way to say don't F it up. And then, you know, uh, offsides on that? a punt. The Jerry Tillery thing was the, was the nail in the coffin because Baker Mayfield is sacked. He is sacked, and the clock is ticking, and they don't have any timeouts left. And instead of it being a loss of seven and the clock rolling, it's now a gain of, what, eight? You tack on the 15 yards, and the clock stops. The Rams can gather themselves and huddle up, come up with a play. What are you doing slapping the ball out of his head? You just sacked him. The game is essentially over. You win. You are winning. You just finally sacked him. And, and, And there wasn't a holding penalty called on that. I'm sure there was a hold on that too. You got to him. What are you slapping the ball out of his hands for? Like what goes through your mind for that? Martin in Colorado, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Martin? Hey, Rich, fellas, thanks for taking my call again. You guys hear me? Yes. Martin. All right. Hey, I'm calling again uh, about the Raiders. You know, last night was probably the most Raider thing that could possibly happen. But as a member of a down-and-out Bronco country, nothing better than watching the Raiders burn. That's pretty much all we have to look forward to now. <laughs> but... You know, I I hold you in such high regard, Rich. That's why I was so devastated when you picked them to win the division a while back. I called in about it, and I thought, man, he's being a prisoner of the moment, bright, shiny objects. 
Yep. But then, you know, you started to come off them, and then you went back on the train. Rich, are you ready to come off? Are you ready to come off them? <laughs> yes, Martin, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm thank ready. You. But I but I still right. – I will still say, again, and thank you for the call, if you want to start a team and you need a running game to go along with your wide receiver – Josh Jacobs is running the ball as well as anybody, and he's catching it out of the backfield as well as anybody. He's a two-way threat at the running back position as good as anybody in the league, and nobody can touch Devontae Adams. Nobody. And then you need to get the other quarterback on the ground. And they have Chandler Jones and his 100-plus career sacks, and Max Crosby is out of his skull great. What else do you need in the NFL? What you need is smart players all around, a quarterback who's going to help you win. Derek Carr can do that. And then you need a coach. This is what Josh McDaniels had to say after the game last night. And I don't know if this is just brilliantly simplistic or just completely gobbledygook. I, I can't figure <laughs> it out. Can you help me out with this? Go, go for it. The bottom line is, is until we, until we figure out how to, you know, stop losing games with mistakes that we, you know, we do ourselves, then it makes it very difficult to win. And, so, you know, you can't, you can't really win until you stop from losing, and that's penalties, turnovers, things like that, that that contribute to that. And so, you know, we've talked a lot about that. Uh, we obviously need to do, do a better job of coaching it and trying to get us to play better. Right? I mean, is that, is that overly – is that, like, brilliantly simplistic that you can't win until you stop from losing? I mean, when you have a or, dumb or team, just when like, you're the coach of a dumb team, you, you, it's not your fault. But they're they not, keep doing Devontae Adams is brilliant. I mean, they're not dumb. All of, I mean, you're, not I mean, all like, of them are dumb. But jumping off sides when you have the game essentially wrapped up when they're punting is dumb. Uh, knocking the ball out when, you, when there's a minute to go and you just sacked a quarterback, that's dumb. And so, you know, that could be a, a, a reflection of the head coach, but... Josh McDaniels isn't doing those things. I don't He's really got to be out of his mind. Like, like this stuff never happened in New England. They, they were he was part of one of the most brilliantly situationally smart teams yeah. ever. But if you're a player and you don't know not to do those things, like we can't help. Like the coach can't help you. Oh but see, you can't. You can't really say it because I remember like last year with the Cowboys had all these penalties and people were blaming it on Mike McCarthy, saying it was the coaching. Now you can't turn around and say, well, it's not the coach. His fault. It's the players. It's like we can't have it both ways. If if you're the I'm coach, just, I'm talking about you're in, in charge. Situation, you're but in just, charge of getting those players ready. And and if that you don't is know not you. to jump off sides on fourth and three, then like you can't really play. Or slap at somebody's yeah. slap the football out of a quarterback's hand as he's trying to get it to the official uh, to set the football and the official standing right there to t- to receive the football. Then then, then what? Uh, I, I I honestly and also I I don't know I don't again really if it's complete like gobbledygook or just so. simply brilliant in its simplicity. For instance, like we can't go to break unless we stop from talking. (laughs) Right? Like we have to go to break right now. We'll never get to break unless we stop talking. talking. Or I start playing music. I mean, (laughs) I'm kidding. You know what I mean? Like, duh. (laughs) I get it. So stop Stop talking talking. and go to break. (laughs) Which we'll do. Mike Florio when we come back on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. 
you know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. PFT Live every single morning. The founder of Pro Football Talk and his book, Playmakers, is a perfect gift in time for the holidays. Mike Florio, kind enough to call back into this show for a second straight week. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great, Rich. It's great to be with you. And it was great to do the show today. At one point yesterday, about, I don't know, halfway or so through the game, I asked myself, how in the hell are Peter King and I going to talk about this game tomorrow? I mean, what can we talk about? And then we spent the first entire hour of the show without a break talking about that game thanks to the ending of it. Well, I mean, I saw some of the videos on your site um, as well. I don't blame you. Some of your conversation was essentially like, did you see that? Can you believe that? I mean, in these, (laughs) you know, and Peter's Peter's been around the block and you have as well. Uh, Honestly, there were times when Baker was going the wrong way and there were times that the play was blown up because it was obvious that he wasn't fully, you know, um, up to speed on things. But as he said after the game, ball is ball. And McVay and the staff coached him up just well enough. I, I still can't believe what I saw. I still can't believe it. Oh, it was unbelievable. And after that punt where the ball rolls inside the five, like it has a mind of its own, and Mac Hollins is doing the gritty <laughs> as the ball is rolling to a stop, and they line it up, and they got 98 yards to go, a minute and a half and no timeouts. It's like, oh, well, uh, you know, oh, well, it's just a question of when they get the fourth down and don't convert and the Raiders take a couple of knees, and we all go home. And the, the moment that it turned was the Jerry Tillery, idiotic, knock the ball out of Baker's hands and give him 15 yards, reversing a sack that had just happened on a first down. And then the throw to Ben Skwernick. We, we talked so much about the Van Jefferson touchdown, but the spark to that drive 
was the 30-plus yarder to Squarenick, which was a beautiful pass and an incredible catch. And that was the moment that you, you, you feel yourself sitting forward in your seat, that we may have something here. And, and it really is unbelievable. For a team that has no postseason hopes, you know, the Bucks did it the other night, but they're trying to win their division. The Rams are dead in the water. To create that kind of excitement for a team that is playing out the string, mm-hmm. I can remember nothing like it. Well, and now, you know, their next two games are on national television, and I know there were some folks even out there talking about looking up, because, I mean, I guess you can make your own rules here, you know, flexing out of a Christmas Day game, but Baker Mayfield, Monday Night Football in Green Bay, and last year he damn near pulled it off for the Browns in, in Lambeau, and then um, Christmas Day, I mean, him 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 playing there brings some juice, and is is there any chance he stays there? At all, because, you know, we're going to be asking about Stafford's health. We saw him last night uh, on the sideline giving him a hug. But is there any shot that this is something more? I think the Rams would love to find a way to keep him around as a viable backup to Matthew Stafford. Because Stafford, although he's only 34, he is an old 34. He has been banged around. And I think he keeps a lot of his injuries to himself. He's at the exact opposite end of the Ben Roethlisberger wrap me in ice on every joint spectrum, and I want everyone to know how injured I am. Stafford never says anything. And he got to the point this year where he just couldn't go. And I think they'd like to have somebody that they could plug in from time to time and feel comfortable and confident that that guy can get it done. But after a game like last night, you're not going to be able to sign him to be your backup. Somebody's going to want him to be the starter. He's got four more games, and we could feel very differently a month from now than we do today. But, Rich, right before the 2018 draft, Josh McDaniels, then the Patriots offensive coordinator, secretly worked out Baker Mayfield. Mayfield wasn't going to do it because, like, you're not going to draft me. I'm not going to be on the board when you guys pick, and you're not going to trade up to get me. But he did it anyway. And McDaniels got to witness last night firsthand what this guy can do. And they have an out in Derek Carr's contract. And I'm not saying Mm. that they should. I'm just saying that they could. They could pull the plug on Carr. They could sign Mayfield and make him the starter. And if anyone is going to do it, wouldn't it be the person who saw last night standing on the field what Mayfield can do with two days of preparation? So I think if he keeps doing what he did last night, somebody is going to want him to be the starter. Somebody is going to pay him. He's not going to get the $40 million that he reportedly wanted in Cleveland, but he's going to get a lot more than we thought he was going to get just a day ago at this time. What do you think is happening with the Raiders? Why, why do they keep blowing all these leads? Why do they lose games against teams that are – making moves that are unprecedented like throwing a quarterback into a game just less than 48 hours from arriving or losing to a coach who's never done it at this level before who was on tv six days before and tweeting about how terrible they were about 10 days before why what's your two cents on this mike rich it's the damnedest thing too they won the three games in between that horrendous bookend of losses to inexperienced coaching and just off the plane literally quarterback so i i know what i saw last night and i i saw on that last play that touchdown pass it was a a bad defensive coverage it was a bad plan mayfield said he was shocked to see the defensive backs in press coverage there's 14 seconds left the Rams have no timeouts you're on the 24 yard line you at that point should be defending the end zone and only the end zone now you may keep some guys near the sidelines in order to try to keep someone in bounds if they make a catch because you don't want them to, to get out of bounds and then have another shot closer to the end zone. But they had a lot of guys in the middle of the field. Screw the middle of the field. Let them catch it and tackle them. They're not going to get another playoff. So 
the, the press coverage, and Van Jefferson ran past it, and and Mayfield explained that he saw the positioning of the defensive backs beforehand, and he was going to take that shot. And he had to because Max Crosby, even as he was being held by the right tackle, Crosby would have, would have been all over Mayfield if he took any more time whatsoever. It was beautiful, but it was a horrible defense. And those failures need to be rectified. And, and at a certain point, it's no longer a fluke. Just like with the Vikings, what they're doing at a certain point, it isn't a fluke. What the Raiders are doing at a certain point, it isn't a fluke. But this issue came up after they lost to the Colts. Josh McDaniels didn't get fired for one very important reason. Mark Davis most likely can't afford to pay the buyout and then go hire another coach. It's a cash flow issue. There's been reports to that effect, and, and I don't think that's unreasonable. This isn't the Walmart clan that owns the Broncos and money's just falling out of the sky to finance buyouts and hire new coaches. So I think Davis is stuck with McDaniels. No matter how badly fans would like to make a change after one year, there's no way he's going to do it. Mike Florio here from Pro Football Talk on the Rich Eisen Show. We were talking before the show saying, hey, who can come on and make heads or tails of what's coming out of Congress involving Daniel Snyder, the Washington franchise, Bruce Allen, the former president uh, of said franchise, and John Bruton. And um, it, it, you, were, you were the clear uh, uh, favorite, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to now explain to this audience what is going on, because it seems like it's politicized, because the report that came out yesterday was on the Republican side of the Oversight Committee. And uh, what I, I guess let's start with this. Did this report that come out yesterday confirm that the Washington franchise were the ones that leaked John Gruden's emails that led to the firing of Gruden and the complete and total embarrassment of Bruce Allen and everyone else involved? I wouldn't say that it confirms it, but it introduced for the first time tangible evidence, although secondhand, that the commanders were responsible for it. Now, it's not proof. And it may not even be secondhand. It's Bruce Allen calling the league office to complain about the fact that his emails were leaked. And Lisa Friel, the NFL's chief counsel in charge of investigations, saying to him, we didn't do it, it came from them. Now, look, even if they did it, do you think she's going to say, oh, we did it? So I, I, I don't know what the truth is here, and John Gruden's pending litigation is going to get to the bottom of it, but I know there has been a sense for months, Rich, that – it was the commanders. It was Snyder who leaked it just because, and, and who knows the reason, retaliation against anyone and everyone. He's just pissed off about what they did to him, whatever the reason. He did it because he could. Whatever the reason, there's a small universe of people that had access to those emails. And once Gruden's case moves forward through the discovery process where you get access to documents and you can question people under oath and you can begin to build your case, Gruden's going to find out, and hopefully the rest of us will find out, exactly who leaked those materials. But there aren't many who could, and now we have the first tangible piece of evidence pointing to the possibility that it was the commanders, possibly Snyder. Whatever it is, we'll find out at some point. That, that's the one big unknown as we go forward. Everything else from yesterday, mm-hmm. it confirmed what we already knew or what was already reported by the Washington Post and others. ESPN had that long item about the notion that Daniel Snyder had dirt on the commissioner and other owners. A lot of things we knew or suspected were confirmed yesterday, but there wasn't a whole lot of new ground plowed. It just, it just yeah, you know, everything that we think uh, is, is pretty much true. 
Was Bruce Allen followed to Arizona like he was Henry Hill looking for his newspaper on the front doorstep? I mean, is <laughs> it what, like... Schmuck eating egg noodles and ketchup out there. What but, are, right. What are, did I read something about that, too? Well, I, I, and Alan, Alan uh, acknowledged that uh, the, the commissioner, you know, uh, this, this was that the commissioner was, was followed or they got dirt on the commissioner or whatever. This was the M.O. that came out as Snyder was involved in this effort. What he did was... There was a, an obscure website headquartered in India, and he that 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 issued a defamatory statement about mm-hmm. Snyder. He tried to link him to Jeffrey Epstein, and that's known. That's the Streisand effect. They call it when you take action against it, more people talk about the thing that wasn't true, and it's completely untrue. I don't want to get sued in India or anywhere else. Right. Completely untrue, but the website in India posted that report. He sued them there, and then he started opening up all these actions throughout the United States to take discovery for the India case. And that was where this all started to pop up, that people were being followed around, people were being talked to, and it had this nefarious feel to it, that they were using this as a way to, to either intimidate people, to just get dirt, get information, and that's where that all came from. And, and I think everything that flowed from that, everything that's happened since then, is a result of that. This is wild. So what's Gruden thinking? Does he, does he see a path back to coaching here? I mean... Because there were more emails that I had never heard of before that were buried in this report, too. I mean, Carson Palmer caught some. A lot of people caught. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, if people want to take the time to read this, it was wild. So what what's Gruden thinking right now? Well, I don't think Mike? Gruden's ever going to coach in the NFL again. I mean, I really don't. Because he, he sued the Shield and he sued the commissioner. Right, wrong, or otherwise, I think you, you sign your permanent pink slip when you do that. There's too many other talented coaches out there, and there's too much discretion that gets exercised by the owners. And it's not like Gruden came back and turned the Raiders into a Super Bowl team. He was struggling. I mean, the, the narrative was if, if uh, Mark Davis didn't regard John Gruden the same way Costanza hmm. regarded Tony, Elaine's boyfriend that they went rock climbing with, I mean, if they weren't like buddies like that, he would have fired Gruden on merit. And he was never going to fire Gruden based upon the fact that he wasn't winning. So I, I don't think anybody is going to touch him now. The same, the same thing that happened to Kaepernick. And I'm not saying it's right, but that's the way it works. You sue the Shield, you sue Goodell, you're done. So I don't think Gruden's ever coming back, and Bruce Allen's never coming back. And, you know, the only question is if and when Snyder will actually sell the team and move on. There's a thought out there that maybe he won't, that maybe – He's just buying time, and eventually he, he won't go through with it. We haven't heard anything about it in over a month. That's true. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, anybody uh, on a hot seat that can save their gig over the next five weeks? What do you think? Well, how's that look? Yeah, I mean, nobody's, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm thinking about it. Who's coming to mind? Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy already has, but he could blow it over the next five weeks. There's been a sense all year long that he's done enough to stick around, but a lot can happen in five weeks. A lot of things that look settled one way can go the other way. Um, but it's a great point, Rich. I mean, look, Brandon Staley's a guy where I think it's getting a little hot right now for him because you've got Justin Herbert and you're not, you're not winning and you're not in playoff position. If they don't get to the playoffs, you've got to worry about that. You've got to worry about Cliff Kingsbury. Even though he's got an extension through 2027, I still don't think that's a real extension, and I think that that... that that it's not guaranteed all the way through and that Michael Bidwell, the owner of the team, can move on if he wants to. And you've got Sean Payton kind of hovering over all of this. Mm -hmm. He told Tom Brady this week he'll be back sooner than later. And if there's teams out there thinking about making a coaching change, you've got a guy who's a proven commodity who's won a Super Bowl. And and this is the time of year that 
owners are quietly making their plans for what they're going to do once the dust settles on their season. Mike Florio, what would you say the interpretation, as I let you go after this one, uh, of Odell Beckham Jr.'s... Oh, uh, isn't there, there? I don't know what happened right there. Just lost him right there. Okay, let's try one more time if we can get him back on. No, at any rate, I'll, I just, it's one of those things where I can't let it go. You know how I am? Call, Michael, call back. You know how I am? I do. This is going to stew in you. It's a good chat with Mike Flory. I was going to ask him about Odell, but he's done enough. We got to get him back. You ready for your fantasy advice? You know the deal. I more stay phone ready, so calls, I'm going to get ready. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. What's more likely coming up at the top of the next hour along with DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks. That's how we're rolling into a Friday and busy sports weekend. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Let us go back to the phone lines. Lonnie in Los Angeles. How you been, Lonnie? Man, I'm better, I'm better now. Did you see my boy last night? How about Baker? How about him? How about him? Now, let me tell you something. I've been a Rams fan since Roman Gabriel to Jack Snow. I've seen all their quarterbacks. I'm so impressed with that boy. I always liked him. And I'm getting to believe that the Los Angeles Rams – are the team you go to for redemption. Listen to the chatter about Odell Beckham before he came to the Rams. How about that? On his way to be MVP of the Super Bowl. How about that? And now Baker Mayfield. I hope he stays. I hope he has a great ending and shut up all those morons on ESPN. <laughs> Lonnie, thank you for the time. I appreciate that. There you go. That's not a bad point. Sean McVay. Not bad. Career rehabilitator. Not a bad point. <laughs> go to go to LA. Yeah. Right? Reassimilate, reinvigorate, and relocate. I mean, how about that? If you <laughs> love Baker Mayfield <laughs> and you're a Ram, if you're a Rams fan and you love Baker Mayfield, last night was for you. Gosh, it was the greatest. If hold on a minute, let me do it, let me do something better. If you are an Oklahoma Sooner fan, there you go. 
and a diehard Rams fan, last night was for you. And then that's just the cherry on top. Let's just say you're an Oklahoma Sooner fan who despises Lincoln Riley (laughs) and watched USC go down in flames. Then this is the last great week, one would say, for Zach from Century City back here on the Rich Eisen Show (laughs) to gloat, no doubt. Publicist to the stars. What's up, Zach? Rich, a couple things. If I get to go rock climbing with Baker Mayfield and Morgan Scally, I'm bringing sandwiches. <laughs> Good to know. Well done. Good to know. And if I see Lincoln Riley on the rock, I'm telling him to step off. Oh. Uh, Rich, step off, George. Been the best six days ever. <laughs> step off. Step off. What a what a six days, Rich. Where do I begin? I called you last week when Utah beat USC, and mm-hmm. I cried. As an adult, I cried over college athletes Mm -hmm. playing, and I cried out of the joy of spite coming home to me. And uh, I'm not embarrassed. I'm calling a national radio show. Yes, you are. uh, To let you know that, uh, and let your fans know and your audience know that I wept the happiest tears, and I slept like Ralphie with his little gun, so happy that... 10 months of just anger was manifested in a 44 to 7 run out there in the desert. And then Baker Mayfield does it for your Rams, planting a flag right in SoFi, button heads without a helmet on. I mean, it, he's doing it. Well, Rich, do you recall a conversation that we had a couple weeks ago in the green room of the winning time yes. Uh, panel? Yes. So I'm halfway home on that, and I'll just call my shot right here that I predict that Baker will be the full-time starting quarterback for the Rams in the offseason, and that as someone who sadly has had a concussion and knows the reality of it, if you have not one but two concussions in three weeks, it means the first concussion that you weren't as honest with who you need to be honest with about your ability to get back on the field because concussions are bad. So to get back on the field and get another one, combine it with what Mrs. Stafford has gone through, four kids, what Mike Florio just said about being an old 34-year-old, first ballot Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl ring. What are we doing here? I mean, it's time to ride off in the sunset, and the Baker Mayfield era has officially begun, and I am a season ticket holder. Zach Rosenfield, thank you, sir. Greatly appreciate it. There's Zach, everybody, right here. Zach from Century City. Mike and I are season ticket holders. Yeah, but you're, you're, not like, you're not like Zach. No, Zach goes to games. Zach's he the, he's not he a transplant. He's legit. Did you, did you go last night, Mike? He, he's not sitting. No, there. I couldn't go. Let's just sit here. Let's just say this: when when gone. when he's asked whose house, he he says it's Rams house. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> say Raiders Airbnb. Airbnb. Say Airbnb. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's now time to turn to Brother Jefferson and enter his church of fantasy advice. A Friday staple on the Rich Eisen Show. Rise up! The fantasy church is open. Very good. Oh, yes, my brothers. <laughs> it's good to see you here today. Brother Del Tufo, Brother Brockman, and uh, Brother Rich. Uh, guys, right off the bat, though, let's just get started <laughs> with something. Bye weeks. We got a big bye week problem in fantasy football this week, people. Yes, so it, it's yeah. going to be tough. You know, we got the Falcons, the Bears, the Pack, the Colts, the Saints, and the Washington Commanders all on bye. So I know with your fantasy teams, you're probably – this is going to be the week for a lot of people – that this is either going to help you make the playoffs or it's going to knock you out. So we're going to try to give you some really good advice here. And I'm going to tell you, yes, Lord, I'm going to tell you about the man who won't 
help you make those fantasy playoffs step off. Mike Evans. We love Mike Evans, right? But I got to be honest with you. I can't trust Mike Evans right now. And my thing about this is you don't want to sit a Mike Evans. But I'm saying if you have just a better option, maybe go for it. Because this could be the game that you make or miss the playoffs. And he hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. He's been held to under 60 yards receiving four games in a row. And the Niners have allowed just two touchdowns to receivers the last three games. I love Big Mike. But I I, got to say... If you got a better option, take him. Damon Pierce against the Cowboys. Look, he hasn't scored a touchdown since week five. Uh, the Dallas defense is allowing the fewest uh, fantasy points to opposing running backs. And only four RBs have scored against us. So maybe have him take a seat. And Darius Slayton, I just got one thing to say about that. He's going to be covered by Slay. You know our boy Slay? Oh, it's Slay uh, versus Slay. Slay versus Slay. Uh, and in this case, uh, I say the sit. <laughs> Darius, no, he can't be out there. Not against Slay. So I'm going to say if you've got some better options, leave those guys on the pew next to you come Sunday. And now, uh, Brother Del Tufo, uh, yeah. for the man uh, so who leads you to that promised land uh, of milk and honey, they are him. James Cook. Now, let me tell you something about James oh. Cook. Quiet is kept. You know, he did, he's he been getting a lot more touches with this Buffalo offense. And as we all know, after a bye week, rookies tend to see their production pick up a little bit, right? He posted 100-plus yards on 20 touches last week, and his 46% of the team snaps were his season high. I mean, it's a tough matchup against the Jets, but I just got a good feeling about Brother Cook. Well, and Godwin versus San Francisco sounds like a bad matchup. I don't know, because in the slot, I, I just making the prediction I don't like... Evans, but I do like Godwin. I have a feeling Godwin's going to have a sneaky good game. I'm going to say put him in there. And then we got Goff and DJ. That's going to be a shootout, right? I think that that's, they're going to put a ton of points on the board. Jared Goff's going to have a good game. The Sun God, Amon Ross St. Brown's going to have a good game. DJ Chart, put him in your lineup. Um, As for my head or gut pick, right? This is tough because last week I told you to take this guy's quarterback and put him off of your roster. But I'm going to tell you this week, I got a good feeling about Jerry Judy. Huh. I'm going to say start Jerry Judy against the Chiefs. Wow. Cortland Sutton is likely out. That's right. Which means Judy's going to be Russ's top target. And um, here's the thing about this, right? 17 receivers who've gotten at least seven targets against the Chiefs. 14 of them have scored at least 13 PPR points. So... Hey, take a shot with Jerry Judy there. And also, I'd like to tell you some guys to pick up if you have a chance to put them on your roster just to help you out. That is J.K. Dobbins. He should be making a uh, little uh-huh. return for the fantasy playoffs. Trent Sherfield, Rich, you picked yep, him up. I did. And Chig Okonokwo of the uh, Titans, the tight end. Okay. Well done, sir. And hopefully they will lead you to the land of milk and honey. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Let us play. Well, what you'll get is an hour three.